This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. Thy destruction and thy power, they comfort me. My Cadillac and my pinky ring, they restore me in thee. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of poverty, I must feel their envy. For I am lonely, high, and all those other goodies that go along with the good God Big Buck. Yo, what up, y'all? It's a beautiful day in New York City. Let's see, let's see here. I'm gonna just like poke my head out in the backyard. Sorry for that mic pop. Pretty much the first warm day in New York. Oh man, I love it. It's fucking cold ass winter, you know what I'm saying? Well, listen, welcome to the Houseless Podcast. My name is Peter Agostin. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this is your first time listening, hit that subscribe button for me and tell a friend, tell a friend, and tell them to tell their mom and their dad and all that shit and repost it on the SoundCloud page. Uh, I do this once a week when I can. And this is a super special episode because this is one of my oldest friends in music, in hip-hop, one of the first people I ever met in Los Angeles, where I recorded this conversation, um, in South L.A., and it's my dude, L.A. Mike, Big Mike, Michael Turner, uh, Double K from People Under the Stairs. We finally got to do this. I flew out to L.A. As you'll see with some of these episodes I'll be mentioning, so did some Uh, production work out there for the show and me and mike have been wanting to do this i had a couple different opportunities in the last like two years basically as i've been working on the podcast and uh and for one reason or another a lot of them were during little tours so we just didn't have the time or a quiet place to do it and uh, more working on on some show type shit so when i was in la uh uh popped down and we recorded it at Mike's crib and uh, on the porch, which is pretty important to say because my earliest days of going to LA were spent hanging out um, on the people on the stairs house porch in mid city, Cambridge street. And just like, just shooting the shit, you know, drinking forties and smoking beaties. And I was filming them a lot back then for Culturama, which was my thing I used to do. And, uh, well, I still do. It's my Instagram handle. Um, but, uh, and so during the making of Question in the Form of the Answer and right after Next Step, uh, 
and into OST. And, and, you know, I've been filming them and documenting, working with them for since the very beginning, basically. And so I love Mike. He's one of my favorite people in the world. He's hilarious. Uh, I love the dynamic between Thess and Double K. Uh, kind of super unique as a hip-hop group. So this was just me and Mike one-on-one, but not really, because then Jazz Mac came through. So people on the stairs, faithful fans, will know who I'm talking about. Jazz Mac's been on a couple records with them and also toured with them for many years um, on stage. And then the the big homie, actually in New York, uh, a New Yorker in L.A., um, was, uh, to my knowledge, has been living in LA for quite a while. Bluefoot, he was uh, he was hanging out, so it was really the four of us uh, actually, and um, it was super fun, you know. And, and uh, uh, you'll hear the environment of LA happening live in the conversation, which adds a definite flavor. And uh, this was hot off the heels of the LA Mike record that came out on Peace Lock Seventy, and um, also. And might I might add, too, is that people under the stairs are doing some shows, and I wanted to plug that in this intro because uh, if all lines up well, CJ and I will have this episode done, and I'm gonna drop it on April 20th. I thought that's quite fitting, and uh, and then that'll lead into our people on the stairs shows in May which are as follows. So listen closely if, if you're in any if you're in driving distance or even flying distance, walking or running distance from any of these shows. People under the stairs will be in Petaluma, California, at the Mystic Theater on May 4th, in Berkeley, uh, in the Bay at Cornerstone Brewery. You can find them at Cinco de Mayo May 5th. And on May 6th in Santa Cruz, California at the Catalyst. So make sure you buy tickets in advance. These shows will sell out, so get them now while you can. Also, I don't know if this is announced yet as of me recording it, but they will be in Salt Lake City at the Utah Arts Festival on June 23rd. So if I got that date wrong, apologies. But yes, they will be there, so people there. Seeing people on the stairs shows is an experience unto itself. Don't miss it if you have the opportunity. Um, so yes, so yeah. So basically, the uh, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to Mike too was was in support of the LA Mike album that came out, um, which is an incredible piece of work that you can stream on Apple Music, Spotify. Uh, I think the wax is sold out, but if you go to those shows that I just mentioned, I have a feeling that some copies of that physical release will be available there. But listen, you know, you're listening to this on your phone, most likely on your computer. So please, yeah, stream that record, download it. L.A. Mike is the artist name, double K. Clinophobia uh, While You Were Sleeping is the title of the record. So, yeah, I wanted to plug that. And um, all other people on the stairs merch and shows and information is at puts.band, which uh, they just did a huge uh, sale of some incredible uh good soft goods shirts and hats and stuff like that so uh Thess is really incredible about doing that shit so i wanted to plug that as well so um yeah you know mike is my dude and i know i've said this a couple times in the in the context of this intro but um i'm just super happy that i was able to see him and record this 
and um, just chop it up. I think he's, uh, you know, he doesn't really do long form interviews just himself. So it was definitely a treat to just have some time with him. And I know for the true P heads, the fans and stuff like that will be super happy to have this. So if you know anybody out there that's a big People on the Stairs fan, Double K fan, LA Mike fan, uh, shoot them this thing um, and get them to download it and save it and spread the word and the gospel of the house list and Double K. So let's jump into this joint and enjoy and peace and blessings to all. Thank you so much for tuning in to this, our 420 episode with my dude, the one and only DJ Double K. Peace, y'all. Trying to get Dre in here too, so I'm gonna have to. <laughs> I'm gonna. Jazz Max here. Jazz Mac. Jazz Mac here. So um, it's kind of funny uh, thinking back to like my f- first time uh, meeting you, and I think the first time, uh, my first time ever in LA was really like hanging out with with you and Chris. Really, I mean, my very first time coming here, I slept in my car outside of Chris's house on. Uh, what was on Cambridge. Cambridge Street? You had a Volvo. Yes, I had a Volvo. Oh, I slept in the back, and then I woke up and I saw some dude looking in my car. It was classic rookie mistake, you know. But it was all good. It was nothing happened. But so, but if I'm not mistaken, at some of those earliest times was just hanging on the porch, just like this. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, definitely, man. I mean, those were the, you know, that was the start right there, man. You know, back in the day, I remember we watching the Laker, the Laker playoff game, man, eating uh, some, some weed cookies, and uh-huh. yeah, we were hanging out, man. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you filmed some of our first shows, man. Like, yes. There was like two people in the crowd, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? I know, which is kind of a trip to think, like, it doesn't seem like it's that long ago. Here we go. I we can I let it ride. That's kind of fitting time mark that's uh yeah that's that's that goes every hour so what is that it's the church around the corner every hour the bell goes lets you know what time it is so what <laughs> what part of la is this we are in we're in south la cool south central okay south central king and normandy nice yeah and um you were born and raised in la yeah i was born and raised in la I was born in hollywood raised in west la crescent heights to be exact okay lost the again guthrie that's oh, what's up jazz mac were you born in la yep born raised probably die out here and probably be buried out here man same okay. neighborhood same school same so when did how, when when did you guys meet do you remember when you met you met in fourth grade yeah fourth grade shenandoah elementary school yeah um you had some classes together yeah I think we did, yeah. A couple. Yeah. What was Jazz Mac like back in like fourth, fifth grade elementary school? He loved wrestling. Oh yeah, that's he still does. You're just talking about WrestleMania. He still does, man. Yeah, Dre, was, but Dre was cool. Dre was real cool. Always. Who, who were your guys back then? Well, as far as wrestlers, yeah. Oh man, uh, shit, Mr. Perfect, uh, Hulk Hogan, you know. Yeah, the classics. All the, all the dudes, Titans. all the dudes, all the brothers, you know. So, right, yeah. right. <laughs> so then, like, were you guys? I mean, obviously, this is like you're. Were you listening? You're into music as a kid, yeah. Oh yeah, man. I mean, very, very, very early on. That's is my earliest memories of life is music. You know, the my Earth, Wind, and Fire, Parliament Records, Bob Marley, Frankie Beverly Mays. Those, you know, like, I had toys and stuff like other kids, but I was into the records that were laying around the house, you know. Right. And that's all I cared about was waking up every morning, listening to records, you know. It was all started with the funk and jazz and 
Grover Washington Jr. I could see all yeah. these records in my head, you right. know, from when I was a kid. So yeah, music started very, very early. My pops was a drummer and my mom's funky, you know. So who was like the one that bought records in the house? Who would bring records home? Do you remember? My mom. My oh, mom yeah? and dad. My dad too. But you know, he would come and spend the night and he would leave some of his records because he knew how much I loved him. He'd cool. probably buy them again. But my mother always bought records. There was a store on Pico and um Midtown Shopping Center, there was a, a record store there. We would get on the bus and go buy Prince records and Where? the time and right. stuff like that, you know? So, yeah, that was always a constant, man. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, for specifically for, like, people on the stairs, fans and stuff, they have a certain idea of you from your records, you know, which you kind of, you know, and, and they're, like, up-tempo, positive, funky and funny-type humorous joints and stuff like that. But obviously, like... You know, everyone's life, you know, has lots of, like, twists and turns and stuff like that. And I, I feel like you and Chris have such an interesting dynamic, too, because I've known you guys for so long. Yeah. And you kind of come from different places in L.A. and, like, your different sensibilities, too. Right. Like, um, I, I think what's interesting is trying to, like, figure out, like, you know, how you... All the stuff that kind of happened before people under stairs was even like a thing or at least if we can kind of dig into that a little bit you know what i'm saying like yeah i mean what, what was going on before people under stairs was i was a dj you know i wasn't a rapper until i met the homie merce and a couple other cats at school because like high know, school high school right. yeah yeah hamilton man which you know jazzman went there too oh yeah it's a was, well-known high school in L.A., right? Yeah, yeah. It, it was, it was the, art, the artsy-fartsy high school, you know, where you can go, you can become an actor, a musician, whatever. We weren't in the magnet, but we had we had the hip-hop circle up there. And I was the one DJing at the, you know, on the quad for the pep rallies and all that. And I was doing house parties every weekend. Really? Doing bar mitzvahs, weddings. I'm, I was a, D, a mobile DJ, wow. you know, and that's buying records that I didn't like because I had to play him, you know. Yeah, classic. And then I met, yeah. and then I met Chris, and then shit, life changed right there because I didn't know anyone really who had the same sense of you know making music the way I did. Who loved Roy Ayers and Bob James and digging right. in the crates. No one was really doing that, you know. Everyone went to buy the new Nas twelve inch, which is cool, but sure, I went to go buy some old Lighthouse records and stuff like that. And right, then, right. Well, you had more of the sensibility of the guys that were producing those Nas records, the hip-hop right. records of the time. Right, right. Yeah, you were maybe, we were all, we're kind of the same age, but those yeah. producers, like the Large Professors and Primos, they're, they're maybe like ten, five to ten years older than us, or yeah. maybe ten to fifteen, depending on how old you are or whatever. But. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, we both looked up to the to the Beat Nuts. We had a right. big love for Freestyle Fellowship, and of course. it was like, wow, man, you know, and then was like, yo, let's make some beats, man, hang out. And they were like, yo, we need somebody to rap over this shit. Why don't we rap over it? And I started writing raps, and there it was. So what, I never really wrote before that, you know? Right. So uh, what was the DJ stuff like? Like, how did, how did that was more like middle school into high school? Middle school into high school, yeah, because I was DJing with my brother, DJ Sweat, who uh, basically taught me the ropes and everything I know, even how to hook the turntable up into a mixer, Dumb. you know, and... I was carrying crates, you know, right. and, and setting up the beacon lights on top of the the the, the Cern Vega woofers and stuff like that. Right, yeah, classic party uh, material. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's what I was doing. I was DJing, and that's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to make people dance, you know. And still, to this day, I'm, I'm I right. consider myself a DJ. I'm not a rapper, you know. Right. I still right. consider myself that. Yeah. Well, when you when you know, I've seen you guys play. As far as people on the stairs, I've seen you guys perform many many times over the years right. too. And there's you know the classic song from OST was it is this called DJ song the double K show 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Where you actually get a chance to, you know, get busy. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah and, show, and show my skills because, you know, Jazzy Jeff, Jam Master J, man, Cash Money, all those dudes, Aladdin, Dr. Dre, man, all those dudes are like heroes to me, you know, still to this day, man. Hurricane, peace to him. Oh, yes. All absolutely. those cats, man. And uh, I looked up to them, and I just always wanted to be those dudes. I wanted to be able to cut, so I still got to show that off here and there. You yeah, because it's, it's like that certain kind of like sensibility that sound is a very like foundational sound of djing because it's the same kind of style that i that i lean into too when i dj as far as the oh, rhythm yeah. scratch right right know? the rhythm scratch yeah man terminator x the rhythm scratch right. man yeah no doubt yeah so uh yeah i mean it's it's uh it's always been it's like a, it takes you back in the time because not a lot of D- one djs don't really do that that much anymore or if they if they come from that school it's gotten so technical right like and there's an art to that too but it's uh, it's it's become so much of a performance based thing that the subtleties I think are a little lost. Like when it becomes when scratching and doing cuts and stuff becomes like super performance based, yeah. and not like where it's like just getting busy and it's the subtleties that make it what's dope. Which right. I think if you would agree, I don't know that comes from just like rocking like house parties and yeah stuff yeah like yeah yeah you know and, and 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 that gives you discipline too because right. as much as you want to cut and show off you can't especially when you're rocking a house party because people want to dance and party and right. rock the girls and they don't want the dude scratching right 24 you know you know you can't do that so right. that gives you a little discipline you do that in your bedroom on a mixtape you know right right were you jazz mac were you rolling to were you attending all of these functions back then oh, i mean occasionally occasionally like we were always in and out hanging out you know so you know uh, but a lot of the times i was at his crib watching right. him scratch you know i mean <laughs> i mean just even in school man you know it was just like he was just all about music beatboxing in class you know just, <laughs> just like really? yeah yeah he was just crazy man <laughs> so he was always all about his music man because the first time i met you too was also on the i think on the porch at that house in cambridge street yeah. i know that for a fact because i remember you had a, uh an abstract tribe unique t-shirt Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I, don't I don't know where that shirt is. Now. I probably use it to like. Wash. I was like, damn. How did you get that? I probably use it to like wash my car now. So this shit's <laughs> I, I, old now. <laughs> well, this was, we're talking like '99. Yeah, when, exactly. uh, when I think when I met you. <clears throat> so okay, so during this time, like, kind of, I want to stay sort of in this period of time, which I guess is like the early. 90s you know middle school high school yeah yeah. right mid 90s is you know so la itself you know as an outsider to la because i've never really lived here i've been here many many times and you know when i come and do these record these podcasts too you know um i get a sense more of the city because there's a lot of people that lived here their whole lives so la has obviously changed quite a bit since that period of time too right oh definitely how do you like you know as a native of this city and it's a big sprawling place has a yes. lots of different kinds of people yes. lots of very different kinds of neighborhoods yeah culture which is a very beautiful aspect that's why i love this place so much but how do you think how has it changed for you and your in your world you know kind of growing up to now as an adult and stuff mm. you know, and musically too i guess musically man i mean let me just say this man this was this is hollywood baby and we ain't got no more record stores, man. This place was mm. full of record stores back when I was coming up, man. Full of record stores, and there's nowhere to go buy posters and records anymore. All we have is Amoeba, and thank God we have Amoeba. Right. But 
you know, we had Tower, we had Warehouse, we had Sam Goody. We, I mean, and that's all over the country. But here, right. you know, that was one of my favorite things coming up as a kid. And well, the Tower Records in L.A. were special ones, from yeah. what I gather. Yeah, know. no, they were definitely really special, man. And I mean, just you know, and, and as you know, you living in New York, man. You know, the gentrification of the neighborhoods right. and the, the people moving out and the other people moving in, and just the dynamics has changed a lot, man. And obviously, you know, getting becoming an adult you know you're not doing the same things as you did as a kid so right. I can't really see too much has changed but it definitely has changed what man. were your spots there's a lot of and there's a lot of people moving to LA now, well of course you know, so yeah. I mean listen I'm staying in El Sereno which is super far east LA and I already see the the push into a in, into a in an area like that which oh, yeah. at one point in time was a, kind of a dangerous like gang territory from what I gather at least yeah. you no know? yeah definitely yeah you're right you know so yeah. But, yeah, I mean, one thing, I, you know, in New York you see that, too. That granted, there's more, there's still more record stores kind of right. hanging on right? for one reason or another. But So what, I guess coming up when you were buying records to DJ, and then I guess that would evolve into buying records that would, not just for the collection, but that would be used in your own production work and people on the stairs and your right. solo shit. Um, where what were your spots like? Since they're gone, you don't you don't you're not blowing up the spot talking about. Yeah, it. no, I mean you know I mean of course I mean these were these were big chains you know like I lived four blocks from Warehouse Records so right you could find joints at these places. Oh yeah, yeah, man, I mean because it was '88, so you would go and there was like 50. Don't believe the hype, 12 inches. And right. Everything you were watching on Rap City or no, you know, on TV Raps, everything was right there. So if you thought about it, like, yo, I need a gangster gangster 12 inch, you go up there, and you, you know, you do your chores and you get 10 bucks and you go buy it. You right, know what right. I'm saying? Then we had places like Record Surplus and we had a, a, a spot on La Cienega in, in the neighborhood, Cashew on La Cienega was called The Record Store. And it was owned by a dude named Dwight. We called him The White Guy because <laughs> he was a white guy. You know? and <laughs> that was our buddy, man. And he would, dude, I, I, I went to that store every day. Seriously. Like, really? Every day. Just uh -huh. to look, you know, I mean, this dude has so many Commodore records, man. We used to, we used to bag on him, but, you know, and, and that was a spot that, you know, was it was real sad when it closed down, man, because he couldn't pay the rent anymore because no one was coming in and buying records, right, you know, right. but that was a really beloved spot in the neighborhood, and all the homies know that. You know me, you know that spot. Yeah. Because I took you there, you know. So when you and Chris started, like, actually formulating the group, would you guys... I know you met... I mean, historically, the story is you met at a record store, right? Met at Martin's Records. Rest Martin's. in peace to Martin, yes. So yes. where was that located? That was Pico and Redondo. Pico and Redondo. What part of L.A. is that? That's They call it Mid-City. That's still the west side. That's yeah. 10 minutes from the house. So Mid-City, which is also a big part of, like, the early years of people on stairs, because Cambridge Street is where the house yeah, was. Yeah, that's, that's Mid-City, yeah, yeah. So Mid-City, like, I, you know, just because my understanding of the layout of L.A. is a little, like, convoluted, because I'm an outsider, uh, you know, out of town or rather, mm. it's, like, north of Koreatown, but, like, uh, uh, like south of Hollywood, is that what it is? It's, it's south of it's Hollywood, nowhere near Koreatown. Uh, okay, it's like it's like it's it's, it's La Brea and Venice. Just put it that way. That's like the core of Mid City right there. But it, many, it's like a how many block radius is it? Would you say hmm, two three miles maybe? Oh, okay, yeah. Mid City starts at Hauser, and Mercer's mom's wow. house, and Thess's whole house on Cambridge. That's the, <laughs> that's that's the border. Mid City ends <laughs> where Thess used to live, and. Right, basically where I live. So that's Mid City, right? There. Right, right, yeah, right, yeah. right. So yeah, it's 
two, three miles. Yeah, for sure. And Merce lived there during that period of time, yeah, too. Yeah. That's the high Merce school years. From. Right. Yeah, that's where Merce is yeah. from. Mid-City, yep. So was the first time you did any kind of recorded stuff was with him, right? Or no? Am I, like, where, how do you line the two up? People on the stairs. Oh, and, man. Well, I was, I was producing and DJing for Merce before I even met this. Okay. I did, um, there's a song that Merce put out called Red Dots. Yes, a classic from... If it's not from commercials, from for real, one of the two. Tapes. For real, I think it's okay. for real, and I did that beat. Yes, and um, that was like my first production for anyone actually doing a serious rap. You know, besides my homeboy Underdog, but you know, that was it right there. And then I met this, but I was DJing for Law Cabin, which was Eli, Merce, Scarab, TS, and a couple other cats. Anonymous, I think was the one. I think Anonymous, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were doing shows around LA. So you DJ for them? I was the DJ for Log Cabin, yes. That's amazing, because Log Cabin, too, is a pretty, like, cult, you know, uh, cult, I mean, I don't, I'm trying to find the right words to articulate it, because yeah. of the fact that... No, they, you're right, though. You're right. Well, yeah, just because that, the, the sort of the tape or the demo that floated around is, like, you know, it's pretty notorious in, like, outside of LA, too, for, mm-hmm. like, uh, tape collectors that traded tapes in the mid to late nineties suit, like where they got it was just along with all the early Project Blood stuff and, and, right, and right. Fellowship yeah. and in the earliest uh, Living Legends type stuff, but also like Good Life Afterlife, all that yeah. stuff from L.A. That yeah. and Good Life ta- live tapes from the Good Life Log Cabin is this like extremely experimental progressive thing that was, uh, you know. For to be as young as all the people that were involved with that was, it's like pretty damn amazing material, you know. When I think back on it, I think the same thing because you know what what we were trying to do, and you know, I'm just gonna say it straight out, we were trying to be Project Blow and Good Life, man. We looked up yeah. to them so hard, man. We just really loved that that style, and we kind of did it. We curated that on the West Side, you know what I'm saying? Right. And, and we took it, we did some shows, and people loved it, man, you know. I didn't know that they did shows, so it was probably... Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, we had some here and there, sure. you know. Like, yeah. I remember the Alligator Lounge way up on Pico near Santa Monica. We did a dope show up there. Um, you know, at school, we were doing shows, and I think a couple here and there, but, yeah, house parties. You know? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's amazing. We were getting around, though. So this is like, what, 94? Four, five, ninety-three, ninety-four. Okay, cool. definitely. Yeah, yeah. There's some videos on YouTube, man. Dope. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Log Cabin is an incredible document of the LA underground. It's like that next one tiny next wave after like the first project blows so right. If I'm if right. I'm if I'm no, looking at the right way, you're correct. You're correct. It was basically in the middle of that because we, were, like I said, we were bringing the tapes to school and listening to Mike and Nine and and and, right. and, and punishing all those dudes. And oh, like, yo, punish. man, love these guys. You know right. what I'm saying? It was just like, damn. You know, shouts to my man Kool-Aid, man. One of the hardest at, at Hamilton. And, yeah. Yeah, we were definitely trying to get it in. But we listened to everything, man. We loved N.W.A. We loved right, Rock. We loved the Beat Nuts. It was... This guy loved Onyx, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's not... That's all right, man. No, no, no. Hell no. I love Onyx. Their debut was an incredible yeah, right. Man, we used to, you know, slam dance while he would be DJing in the courtyard, you know, uh, uh, me and... Uh, my little crew and stuff. So. Who was your crew? 
<laughs> Actually, my my original group was called Funky Chaos. That was me, uh, Anacron, DJ Jedi, and Merce, actually. So. Oh, wow. And Anacron, another great rapper, too. Yeah, you know? uh, yeah. So that was our little circle right there back in the day. So. Did you guys ever record any material? We did a couple things. But did some we, little yeah, four tracks? Yeah. Everybody kind of started breaking <clears> into <throat> their own cliques. We were vinyl junkies, and they had their own thing, so, you know. Yes, vinyl junkies too. That's another, you know, double K's affiliated oh, with yeah, that as well. Yeah, Those are great guys too. I've known because there's a lot of different right. regional affiliations with that. Group. My partner's right there, man. Shout out to X Row X Man, my man Pudge. Yo, love yes. those dudes, man. I'm an original member. Oh, that's so always will be. The groove, rare groove. Oh yeah, my man, rare groove. Oh yeah, <laughs> the dopest word. Yeah, that's cool. I forgot about that, but yes, and X Man, X Row, and Pudge. Pudge being in New York He's now. He's in New York too. now. Yeah, yeah, that's my brother right there. August first, we Leos, baby. Oh, that's cool. That's my brother's uh, birthday too. August first. Oh, word. Yeah, Shouts. Yeah. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to like you know connect the dots before people yeah, understand. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. there is cause that's the thing too. I think with like if you're an LA native, and I mean this could apply to anywhere you grow up, especially in a city where everyone is like, if you're in a creative high school where people are trying to do make art and make music or something like that, it just happens to be in LA where where a lot of these people would actually make records that would be heard around the world mm. too. Um, so, at what you were still in high school when you and Thess started doing stuff, right? Yes, yes. It was right before the end of uh, my last semester of high school, which I didn't graduate. But okay. you know, it was the last. Yeah, yeah. It was right before I left Hamilton. And right. We met up at uh, Martin's. We played each other some beats, and boom. Where was, was did he? Where did he? Was he going? Where was he going to high school? He went to Loyola, which was. Uh, uh, not too far up uh, Venice, Venice, mm-hmm. Venice Boulevard, uh, Mid City. I, I would say, nah, like like right before the end of Mid City, like right. not too far from Cambridge where he lived. <clears throat> right. So he went there, and uh, I went to Hamilton, which was way down the way, and I was DJing with a cat, um, my man Ben, and my boy DJ Props. We had a little crew um, called. Uh, Damn, we had so many different crews, man. But at the time, I think we were in the Groove Productions, and we were a mobile DJ crew. And they oh. went they went to Loyola with us, and they were like, yo, you need to meet Chris Portugal, Chris Portugal, Chris Portugal. I'm like, all right, well, let me meet him, you know? Right. And then uh, he was like, yeah, he makes beats and samples, too, because they saw I was delving into that side of DJing. I had the four-track and the, the Gemini 16-second sampler. And oh, that's the one with the big button on it? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and I was, I was doing that, and... They were like, you need to meet this cat, and we met. He played. I played him a beat. I think I had the more bounce to the ounce drums with Inner City Blues by Grover Washington and Marvin Gaye. I don't know which version it was. Right. Looped on top of each other. It was funky. I played that for him in his car, and then he played me a joint which had like Roy Ayers and like some ill drums, and I was just like, damn, this is dope, dude. Wow. Yeah. We're the same age? Word? This sounds like the peanuts. All right. And then, boom, we started paging each other, hooking up, going digging on the weekends. Cool. You know, we went and got jobs together. You Where know? at? Well, I was working at The Gap. He was working at Rhino Records. He was delivering chicken. I was. We just had jobs, so oh, we could yes. buy records. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Kinda, Straight up. Yeah, collaborating in that sense. Yeah, like, yeah. let's get this, like, right. going. Yeah, and then... uh we were recording at his parents' house on the weekend. And, you know, there was a third member of people on the stairs, my man Smile Oak. Oh, yes. Yeah. And uh, so our first EP album kind of was, you know, was us three. But 
you know, things happened and then it just ended up being me and Chris. Right. And then Jazz Mac. Right. You know, and then we took it from there. What happened to Smilo? Oh, man. You know, um, I would just say there was some creative differences, man. Right. And uh, I think him and Chris had a little, some creative differences, right. you know. But I see Smiley all the, you know, when I see him, it's all love, man. Oh, yeah, my cool, dude. cool, cool. Because I do remember his contributions, which would eventually maybe were on American Men. Yeah, yeah, he had some stuff on American yeah, Men. Some, yeah. yeah, I mean, which was a million years ago at this point in time. <laughs> which also, Jasmine, if you recall, you're on that as well. Oh, <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I sure don't. Do you know the release I'm talking about? No. <laughs> you don't remember American Men? I don't remember American Man. It's a classic. Guys with the silhouette, the right. Right. Yeah, yes, right. but you're on it too, and your contribution is actually quite a legendary. I know Mike probably knows because he knows his releases pretty well. At least I like to think it's when Jazz Mac actually. Well, I mean, you know, I've sat in this dude or Dess's room so many times. Now, this isn't this. a studio recording that you're on. This is an actual live concert recording. Oh, can you guess what it would be? It's pretty legendary for for a couple of. Buddy, childhood friends from LA to perform at this, um, you know, one of the largest music festivals in the world, Jazzmatch. That would be Glastonbury, would it? Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't even know. <laughs> yeah, they're doing like, hella ad libs. Yeah. yeah. I gotta I'm pull that file for you. I might try to uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta play it for me. Yeah. Yeah. There's people on the stairs at Glastonbury, probably people in still, all of 2000, yeah, the year 2000, or even maybe before 99 or 98. Uh, oh, yeah. People still shoot right. me shit that I didn't even know existed out there, man. So I'm like, where the hell did you get that from? Right. Like, yeah, so Would cool. you say that, like, <clears throat> You know, obviously, people on the series have like a pretty like uh, devout following mm-hmm. of fans, old and new, because <clears throat> they've been putting records out for a long time. You know, on onto their tenth album, and um, you know, you've contributed just onto a couple of songs. You've been featured on a couple of songs, but they don't have a lot of guest appearances on their material. So probably a handful. I could probably count them all on one hand. Yeah. Probably the guest rappers on the songs. Now. I do mean, you think have people do people do you when you walk down the street in LA do people pull you to the side and be like yo man were you on that no it's happened occasionally yeah. it's happened occasionally I have people that recognize me I have people like oh you, you know Double K right and I'm like yeah you know or or do you know this like yeah right. so you know I, I do get that association every now and then but you know when you did the song uh, what was the song on uh, question in the form of the answer oh Ebiz yes Ebiz with the classic uh, Heat Wave loop. right uh, <laughs> uh, where did you do you remember recording that? Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Oh, that was over on Cambridge. So yes, Cambridge. in the classic yeah. upstairs, <laughs> the closet, the closet booth. <laughs> Which was that's Did the name come from that room? What people understand? Yeah. No, 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 this no. This is a slanted roof. Yeah, thing. no, it, it's crazy that we ended up up there like that, man. But it looked like you were under yeah, a it set sure did, man. Yeah, no, nah, no, it didn't come from there though, man. The, the name people on the stairs came from us drinking 40s one night after a party at Mike Karen's house which we were DJing for at the time um, we were standing out in front of his house trying to figure out a name for the group because me and Thess we were getting serious like yo what's, what's the group going to be called I think he wanted to call it Escape from New York at first <laughs> and then he was he was throwing movies I, I was throwing right. dumb shit and people on the stairs and something just I was like yo I like that I like that because we were the dudes, we would go to all the clubs. We'd be at Blow, we'd be, but we were always in the back. 
We, okay. ne- we never try to get up and be like, yo, we're here. We just kind of like, we were just always watching, you know what I'm saying? And then we go home and do our stuff. Right, so it was right. like, we were the people under the stairs. We come out, so, and then we go back, you know? Right, right. Because you would, yeah, you guys start rolling to jams together. Oh, yeah, right, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. We were every week. Unity, man. right? Unity, oh, yeah, man. We for never, people that yeah. might not, like, that weren't there for it or didn't live in L.A. or ever come to L.A., how would you, could you describe, like, the, some of those experiences, who you saw? Because Unity is a, a very, like, beloved moment in time for L.A. hip-hop yes, heads. Right. Very, 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 I mean, oh, my God, It man. was a live concert series, right? It was, yeah, it was, I think maybe once or twice a month. It was put on by Bigger B, Mark Love, and Orlando F. Rest in peace to Bigger B, which was an A&R at Loud, responsible for Wu-Tang, Alcoholics, all those dudes. And, um... Yeah, this was a show. You know, you would get the flyers. You would go to Martin's DMC Records up on Melrose. You get the flyer, and you would uh, and you find out the location. And they brought every group who was hot at the time to L.A. to perform. So I'm talking Black Moon, Wu Tang Clan, Artifacts, Organized Confusion, Razzcat. I mean, you you name them. They were there, and like we saved up our money and had our blunts. And we was in there. Right. And we would get there early and run to the front of the stage. Um, man, and it was just like the dopest experience ever to this day. Like, I still, I, I found a couple flyers, man. I cherish them. I put them in plastic so they'll Dope. they'll remain fresh forever. But that was like some of the, the illest moments because you would be bumping heads with people. You know, I remember, you know, running into Guru. Wow. Coming from the bathroom, you know what I'm saying? Like crazy <laughs> right, stuff, right. man. Dope. Watching Razzcaz get knocked out by his producer, like just ill stuff, man. Oh yes, because the famous thing with Voodoo happened. It was it was Bird that hit him, but yeah. Oh yeah, that, Bird was the producer, right? Right, yes. right. That, that's a whole other story, but yeah, man. We had some some ill moments, and then uh, <clears throat> what was that called, Dre? The Foundation. Oh, the Foundation every Tuesday. It was like every a spot Tuesday, every yeah. night, man. The Two Thousand Crows has a spot on Monday. The Crows Nest on Monday. The foundation oh, Tuesday. The down the foundation is actually where we used to always see uh, Will I Am and his right. the Hat Band Clan. Not even yes, Black Eyed Peas. Yeah, yeah, we used to always see them. Will I Am was kind of weird dancing around and just spacing out, having you know, a good these, time. You know, like the, the foundation was a spot where you know I could bring a crate and sit it down, and the DJ would be like, "All right, let me finish, and then you can get on." And then I would get so, on. You know, mm-hmm. so it was like a not just an open mic, but open turntables too. Dope, so dope. it was like, and dudes out break dancing, skateboarding. It was L.A. was L.A. was ill at that time, man. Yeah. It was ill, man. It was a real dope hip hop scene. Yeah, it seemed pretty. Was it pretty open? Obviously, it's kind of clicky at the same time. But was it like open for y'all, like to be? kind of new emerging because this is before you guys put any records out right right and we didn't tell anyone that we were a group we were just there you right. know doing i was doing my individual thing on the turntables that should be freestyling or, or, or hitting up on the wall or doing something but we were just there fools knew these dudes okay we always see them but we right, never right. said yo we're people under the stairs mm-hmm. here we are you right. know what i'm saying we were just we were just in the house yeah because chris used to write uh yeah he, did, yeah, he, used, he used to used throw to up write. a tag right? yeah he used to write yeah so he'd be doing that freestyling whatever isn't that like in the in the next step in the liner notes there's one of the things there's a t- there's some photos of behind a billboard or something am i yeah. thinking that correctly yeah yeah actually um well okay well in inside of the next step when you open that up we're in the uh what used to be called the motor yard which okay. is now a fucking it's full-blown train now you can't even go through there but the motor yard was where that was in west la where you know it was just it was a yard where 
food, so go in peace. And oh, dope. me, him, and Kid Lex, shout out to my man. We would go up in there, we do our little pieces. I wasn't a rider by any means, you know. I tried to back in the day, but those dudes, they got down. So we would go up there and we get it in. I mean, we had all aspects covered, man. Yeah. You know? At that period of life, um, when you're that, when, I don't know, like the mid, early 90s, was like such a kind of an innocent time if you're like a teenager too with hip hop too so you wanna and there's so much resources as far as like magazines and mm-hmm. <clears throat> videos <clears throat> so you wanna like experiment with all of that stuff everybody had like we get try everything writing rhymes DJing even try to get busy on the dance floor a little bit yeah yeah, yeah 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 it's cool I mean that that you kind of were you birthed out of that scene. right right cause I mean you know I mean, coming from the era I come from, which is 19, I mean, my earliest memories of hip-hop is 83, really. When okay. I heard Sucker MCs, you know what I'm saying? And before that, my mom used to bump Rapper's Delight, of course. You right. Know, who didn't bump that back in 79 and 1980? But just to hear that rhythmic flow, which reminded me of the old Richard Pryor, and then to see these dudes beatboxing and hearing the drum machines loud and the dudes breakdancing, and this all went together with the graffiti, it was just like a whole different world. Right, you know, and I wanted to, I wanted to do all of it, you know. Yeah. I started out break dancing, <laughs> but I was nice. making too much noise in the apartment, man, because yeah. I was a big kid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are you like thinking about Run DMC for a second? Because this is, a, I know, a group that like you kind of channel them, oh, man. you yes, know. Yes, and, and and I try to play some joints whenever I'll DJ a little bit before you guys play. Sometimes I'll try to throw joints. They're usually trying to play to you when right. I'm doing it, just to see if I can. And I appreciate you know it because you give me hype, respond and stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what are your? What's like your? Uh, you know, since their albums are there's not a there's you know some select albums. What are your songs like? What would be your go to Run DMC? songs could be album deep cuts or or whatever but uh hit it run nice hit it run is is one of my favorites still to this day those dumb motherfuckers can't mess with us when i heard that we flow from joke and never stop better get yourself together let's rock hit it i mean that peter piper of course of course beats to the rhymes man so yeah Uh, super hard how'd you do it d that's that's one of my joints. How what record is that? That's on Tougher Than Leather. Dope. Yeah, but I mean, just everything about Run D and J, man. It's like, you know, I could watch this show today and just still get fucking inspired and be like, right. I want to go on stage now. I want to drive. Yeah, there's a ghost in the car. But um, <laughs> yeah, man, Run D and J, man. That this like, you know, when I get on stage, I channel D. I want to be D. Yes, you know what no, I'm saying? I know. Straight yeah. up. Straight up, man. Well, yeah, that's kind of has a run kind of sensibility. He sure him. does. Yeah, he sure does. Right. I've been going back to more and more. It's such a weird single that they put out, but you talk too much, um, mm. which is it's almost more for. I think Larry Smith did it. Um, yeah, yeah, that's Larry Smith. It's just the the kind of like keyboard crescendo thing. It's just such a slap. It's so knocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no. I mean, it's that's, a weird pop kind of single for the era. I think, that you know? that that's on. Um, King of Rock, but yeah. and then uh, the other song, Daryl and Joe, which is the last song on King of yeah. Rock, which is another one that just blows my mind away still to this day. And I remember, I'll never forget hearing it for the first time in my cousin EJ's car, man, because he had a, a green Camaro and he was bumping it mad loud, man. And he had the EQ, 
and just hearing the like you said you know the keys because Larry right. Smith was doing all that and it was very musical you know yes yeah yeah because you know as you know the first album was just basically drum machine and stab cuts you know exactly so, which is so dope too right like. right because that that ushered in a whole new era of hip hop man right right you know they got rid of the dudes with all the leather on which I love those guys but we needed to change another guard you know? right right. Yeah, I know. I feel like that's like the stylistically with people on the stairs, like the way you and Chris have this kind of different dynamic that plays into it. That your kind of uh, raw aesthetic or something um, kind of complements his maybe uh, the records that he fucks with. I don't know the jazz and soul mm-hmm. of a certain era. Now, obviously, like I think he's evolved a lot as a producer too over the years and stuff, and like. Definitely. Yeah. A very incredible, very talented oh, engineer. Yeah. Oh, too. yeah. Oh, yeah, man. That guy, man, jack of all trades, man. That dude can build a studio, take a studio down, right. and work in the studio. For right. For sure. <laughs> but, back in the, but back in the Cambridge Street days, it was like a pretty, like, well, I mean, I saw that studio evolve, too. There was a big board there. Yeah. That's when he had the Neve console. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So do you remember, like, when you guys first kind of moved into that spot? You moved out of his parents' house right. and then, I guess, started well, we the did, next step. Right? Yeah, no, no. We did the next step at his parents' house. Oh, okay. And then uh, he went. He started going to SC. Right. And then that's when he got the house on Cambridge, which was, you know, over there. It's near SC, so there's a lot of houses over there with students living in. He oh, right. Was, he was rooming with a couple of his buddies over there. And, there was uh, a DJ dude that lived there too. Yeah, my man DJ Kaleem. He, he yes. lived there too. Yeah, he was there too. Big up Kaleem, man. Yeah, and, shouts uh, to him. I remember him from those days as well. And uh, so he had his room, and he basically, you know, what else he gonna do? Turn it into the studio. Right. And that's where we recorded "Question in the Form of an Answer." He, you know, we took the money from that we got from Ohm Records. Uh, got some new equipment. Right. Made question, and yeah. then from there it went on. You know, and after question is when he got a, um, I can't remember the other board, but every album was made with a different board because the dude's a gear junkie, so right. he has to take the advance and get a new board, you know, take a loan out, get a new board, whatever. You uh, know. I didn't really realize that. So, yeah, so the studio and the setup kind of evolved as the album. Oh, yeah, man. It's, it's always, I mean, every album is made with different equipment. I'll right. say that, man. Yeah, if you really listen to them, compare them, they, they all have different sonic qualities yeah. and stuff. Yeah, but still made by the same people, so. Right, know. right. Um, when was the trip made? The trip was made. Coming at you, man. <laughs> the trip was made. I'm pulling you into this, no matter what. <laughs> the trip Bye. was made on Cambridge. Okay. I think that was the Neve board, but the trip was made because we went on a really, really, really dope trip to Japan, and then we got tripped out on some damn mushrooms. In Japan, in, which in is Japan, pretty rare. Which is real rare, because we were looking for herb. And they were like, well, we can get you some mushrooms. We were like, all right, fuck it. We had no idea that these mushrooms were really, really potent, man. And um, we were eating them like candy. And then we all found ourselves in different places in the hotel. And we were all bugged out. So this is this is when Jazzmack was kind of touring with the group too, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah for, definitely. Yeah, there's, there was a couple of years when you were rolling and performing. Yeah, so, about yeah. six years. About six really? Years. It, was, it uh, was a long time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll probably say what from 2000 to 2006, seven ish around. So that. from yeah. from question of the form through OS, OST, right? And then, yeah, I think maybe even a little yeah. bit of stepfather was still. Yeah, <laughs> but um, do you remember that that trip in Japan? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, it was like pretty much everything you hear in this song happened. I, right. I said a little part, leave it to my crazy ass to throw a glass of water on her. Like the girl I was with was tripping out, and I had to throw some water on her to calm her down. So I mean, you know, okay. <laughs> you know one of those. There's no lies. <laughs> it was, it was, it was a straight up bug Yeah, right. That's why we had to come home and make that song because, right. you know, and I'm, I'm gonna just say we've told the story before. You know, I was bugging, you know, but. These dudes were bugging so hard, my bug came down a little bit, and I had to kind of take care of them. And Des okay. was, was tripping hard, man. I remember I walked into his room, and he said, there's too many people in here. And I was like, dude, there's no one in here, man. And then he, he punched the window, and I'm like, fam, you can't do that. Like, we're in a hotel, and he was trying to get out because there was too many people in the room. Oh, and I was man. like, it's just me and you in here, dude. And had to calm him down, had to calm him down. But, yeah, that was a wild one, man. Yeah. It, Y'all can go on YouTube, listen to it. Yes, I got the 45, too, by <laughs> yes, the way. Yes, um, <laughs> Did you know it was a 45? Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, very rare. Yeah, so what do you remember, like, those years of touring? Because that was, like, when they were kind of hitting it, like, super hard, I feel like, right? I mean, it was, uh, especially overseas. That was probably going. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just just the response and just the people I was able to meet, you right. know, to, taking pictures with Flavor Flav, meeting Biz Markey, uh Waking Mikey up one day. Hey, Mikey, I'm in. I'm at the hotel. I'm in line behind George Clinton. We're about to get breakfast. You know, like just oh, things really? like that. And we see all the P Funk in the hotel. So, I mean, just, just it was just That's a lot of memories, man. I just feel blessed for even having that chance and that opportunity to to do that, man. Sure. So it was fun, right? It was it was definitely fun, you know. But you know, I just look at this guy and, and Chris, like just Mike and Chris. So when people right. like are tripping off of them like that's just Mikey that's just Chris they're dumb you know like, like why do you care about them but, right, right. but no but, I mean man they get mad love and I'm not talking about from the fans but from their peers too you know like from oh, the yeah, other for musicians sure. you know there was one time Mikey couldn't make it out with us because uh, he had some personal issues back home and me and it was just me and Chris that went and we, we had a show of Souls and Mischief and they were like yo where's Double K and I'm just like I had to call like, yo, man, the deal. So the bishop just asked about you because these are guys we grew up listening to, you know, and, they, and they care about you. And they, right. they knew who I was. And they knew right. I was associated with them. So I was, yeah, I had some great experiences, man. I yeah. love it. I love it. I, I remember like really vividly in San Francisco because I filmed you guys play at this place called Storyville, which no longer exists. Right. Yeah, I remember <clears> Storyville. And we were there, and uh, Festo was there. It was a, it was something for uh, some conference. It wasn't Gavin, but it was some thing that was similar to that and we were like yo there's festo yeah, man. And yeah, uh, that was his first night out with his us. first night on tour yeah, his first exactly. night out with us. really his first show i have a film i filmed that whole oh, set wow. I have. See, that's crazy we, we, <laughs> that's crazy that, bro wow. yeah because it was with al Tariq. Um, uh, Thurston Howell the third and a mass influence was on the bill as well and uh i think nj live it was some yeah, showcase thing. Yeah, yeah, it was um yeah we were up there for something, man. It was like new music seminar something or something was a like that. Event, yeah, right. We, were, we used to we were going to shows, see other right. groups. Yeah, Foreign Legion, I think, was performing. Right. Yeah. Shows. That's funny. That I didn't. Yeah, I, I remember. I have the footage of it too. I gotta figure out a way to we digitize that. Little Barney Rubble and uh, Fred Flintstone little bit together. He was right. carrying. They used to do some crazy shit. Yeah, I mean, it's a trip to think back because that was just such a different era too of like indie hip-hop quote-unquote you know and to see where people on the stairs too now is because you've guys have somehow been able to like retain 
a very particular kind of audience too, which is dope to see. Because yeah. I mean, even when we was just in Canada, right. uh, which was not that long ago, a couple of weeks ago, basically. Yeah. Um, you know, in a place that you guys have never played before, and it's still Banff, Canada. Yeah. Yeah, and it was still totally went off, and right. Um, it's and it's wild because some of those songs now are like twenty years old and stuff too. I know, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Some of those songs are older than kids. I know, man. And yeah, it's, it's like wild to still still see you know people of all different ages, colors, whatever, man. Still right. sing along to these words that me and my buddy wrote, smoking weed, drinking Miller High Life, you know, right. buying old records, right, pissing our ladies off. You know what I'm saying? It's like right. and, and, and these songs are still. You know, out there, and people still love these songs. I mean, man, that's the biggest blessing any artist can have, man. Because I've watched a lot of groups, groups that I like, come and they can't come back, man. Yeah, you know, because they did something that just they fucked up, man. They they lost it. They didn't respect their fans, and that's one thing we do. We respect our fans, and I don't like to call them fans; they're supporters. Sure, you know what I mean. But it, it, it's for them. It's for them, man. Yeah, and it, it feels so good to be able to still be here twenty years because. It's been 20 years since our first album. It's 2018, and we're still here, man. And I love it. <laughs> I know. It's a beautiful thing, too. And I think, the, I think the I think the people that come to the shows and buy the records, I think that registers with them, too. They get yeah. that, too. Yeah. And they, they, they know that that's a part of it, too. I think that's why folks are still... Young cats are still... Mm-hmm. Teenagers are really, like, messing with people on the stairs, which is very cool and unusual for hip-hop of that era, you know, no or doubt. hip-hop in general. No too. doubt, no doubt. Like I said, man, a lot of groups that I looked up to coming up, man, they, they're not touring, they're not doing anything, they're not gaining new fans, and I don't know, man, we did the right thing, and we're going to keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. You know? I'd love to talk, um, so what, this was your first visit in to my New York? First, my first visit to New York was 1989. Okay. Um, which my mother was born in, in, in the Bronx, Raised, oh, right. raised yeah. in Hollis, Queens, and um, my grandparents lived in New Rochelle, and we went out there, stayed in New Rochelle, and I was recording WBLS every night. Wow. And uh, I heard some songs that I've never heard since. Really? And they were so dope, man, and my dumb ass recorded over that stuff, <laughs> thinking, oh, I'll hear it again, and right. wow, man. I, I, I'm not sure. I think it was Red Alert. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was Red Alert I was listening to. I think it was Red Alert. I'm not sure who the DJ was. I just know they were rocking all night. And I just, you know, my grandmother told me, oh, yes, dear. You know, Jamaican accent. Uh-huh. Told me what station to put it on. And I brought tapes, and I was taping every night, man. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, the thing with that New York radio, I mean, and I'm sure it happens in L.A. too, but there's a lot of artists that they would get played maybe once right. on the radio. Right. And that's it. Right. Same with Stretch and Bobbito. I mean, it's a history of the whole thing where... Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's something I always wanted to ask you about too. Because whenever you do shows in New York, you mentioned this on the mic too. So you have family, you have roots there too. Yes, I do. I still have family in the Bronx, um, Bronx River actually. Wow, Bronx River, man. I still have uh, some uncles that live up in the projects over there. You know, we can talk about that. But uh, where, where? So where's uh, that side of your family from? You said are they from? They came from Jamaica. Jamaican, yeah. That's my Jamaican side of the family. Yeah. Cool. Yep. And. Uh, yeah, so I still have, I still have family in the Bronx. I have I have family all over the country, man. You yeah, know, I still got Jamaicans down in Miami, man, in Jamaica. You know, so like, oh, wow. you know, when I it, that's why it's such a blessing to be able to travel because I get to connect with family yeah. here and there that I haven't seen in a long time. You know, like I probably wouldn't have seen my father before he died if I wasn't touring. You know what I'm saying? Really, straight up because I was going to Chicago and oh, wow. I was able to see him. You yeah. know, 
So amazing. It's definitely a blessing to be able to do that, man. Yeah, and even when we were in Banff, uh, you know. Oh, Elijah, yeah, man. That's my brother, yeah. yeah. He came down. He was working, you know. Yes. It was, it was crazy to find out because my mother told me. She was like, oh, yeah, Elijah's working on the show with you. I'm like, what? <laughs> so I called him. He was like, yeah, I'll be there. I was like, oh, wow. Look how that connects. Yeah, and that know? was fun hanging out with yeah, him. That was, yeah, we had a ball doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah, because. What up, D? Hey, how you doing, man? So something I've always wanted to kind of break down is like your sort of production credits within the recorded material of people under the stairs. So because like you, you got a couple joints, I mean, uh, and and your end, um, your product, your production kind of approach and the gear you use is different from from Chris. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the past, I know it was the SB1200, right? Yeah, yeah the SB1200 uh, and MPC2000. Yeah, that's what I use. He, he He's made he, 3000. That's, that's that's right there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, what about with the next step? How did that work? Like, that was a little, that was kind of an anomaly of an album anyway, right? Because of how it was, where it was done, right? Yeah, that was, that was mainly produced, that, yeah, that whole, that, that whole album was produced by Thess One, except uh, for everybody, I think I, I added that horn part at the end, and, oh, a couple, and a couple other little samples I added, but right. that was produced by Thess, and then um, I actually, you know, got my studio together at the crib for question in the form of an answer. Yeah. And actually, at Jazz Max apartment is where I made all the beats for Question in the Form and Answer, which was Zigna Flying Blow, mm-hmm. which was my weed song on Question in the Form. Um, Sweet for Creeper. Oh, nice. I made that yes. at Jazz Max House. In e business, I made it Jazz Max House because right. we were lamping over at his crib, getting high and drinking 40s and playing video games. So I had my SP over there. And my records and my turntables over there. And when he would go to work, I would be in there making beats all day. And oh, dope. So every beat I made on Question of Form and Answer was made at Jazz Max apartment. Yes. Yeah. Do you recall this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Even though I was away at work most of the time. But every time I come home, yo, you got to listen to this shit. You got to listen to this shit. Like, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then you did the vocals uh, out on Cambridge Street or something? Oh, on Cambridge. Yeah. yeah. We recorded everything on Cambridge. But I made yeah, every beat I made at home. We never, me and Thess have never sat in the studio and made a beat together. Yeah, that's an interesting kind of contrast too because I like to be alone when when I'm when I make, yeah. when I make beats yeah, I really I feel like you. people around right you know like because you know it's it's because I know like my little brother makes beats now and I never was able to sit around someone and know how annoying it is to listen to someone make a beat because things are just keep repeating over and over right so and I don't want to do that to other people so you know it's always just good to vibe out smoke a bean and cool out and you know you can annoy yourself right and you already have the ideas like in your head too and you're right. just trying to get to that point I would think you know right. when you're like when you're kind of like editing and, and kind of fine tuning a sample yeah. Uh, yeah. in a machine yeah you know? yeah and you know you, you can be stuck on one sound for an hour right you know? and that's what you have to do you know like uh, I'm, I'm one of those cats where I'll, I'll spend an hour and a half or two hours making a beat get up you know, go get a drink of water or whatever, come back, turn the beat on and be like, this just sucks. And then start right. all over again. Right, right. You know? Yeah, yeah. Scratch and, it. Yeah, and right. just be like, nah, I, I don't want to hear this no more. And I don't want no one else to hear it, you know? Right, yeah. My wife used to tell me, yo, you can sell that to somebody. Like, nah, because I don't want my name on that. Right, you know? Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. There was a B-side, there was a single B-side too for... Oh, yeah. Qu- uh, a lot of B-sides. Um, for... 
uh, on question well, on the Youth Explosion single. Big Daddy Brown. Yes. Funky Loop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was James uh, Brown. JB's. I yeah, because I was listening to nothing but. I think I spent a whole year, seriously, Pete, I spent a whole year listening to nothing but the JBs. <laughs> seriously, that's all I listened to, man, because not that, funky, man. Yeah, not that I didn't know about it, but I hadn't gone so deep into what Fred Wesley and those dudes were doing right. and really understanding it. And it was just like, wow, this is the foundation. And so I was really turned out on some old James Brown, Maceo, Fred, Booty thing right there. Right, yeah. right. So then, okay, so then progressing into OST, then, like, your sound starts to evolve as well as a producer, too, right? Does your yeah. gear change, too, or? No, the gear doesn't change. The records change. Um, Where'd you pick up the SP at? The Is there SP, a story with that? The, no, the story with the SP, man. The SP that was used on all those records is still in the crew. Um, Is it? It's at Thess's house. Um, no way. Oh, I'm about wow. to bring it over here, because I got to do some stuff. Excuse me. Um, The SP-1200 that was... The Undisputed Champs crew was my homeboy, DJ Props. Okay. His dad bought him that SP-1200. Nice. Props um, went to college, went to USC, stopped making beats, okay. stopped really DJing, left it in my hands. You know, nice. I couldn't afford an SP-1200 at the time. Sure, yeah, it's an and, expensive uh, uh, machine. Yeah, oh, it was very expensive at the time. Especially still at the expensive. time. Yeah. It's still expensive, but yeah, he left that in my hands, and I thank God for that, man. Peace to that brother. That's still my brother. Um, DJ Props. DJ Props, Brian Sanchez, right. Sancho. And uh, yeah, so that was my DJ partner. That's who went to school with that at Loyola. Cool, okay. You know, and um. Yeah, and it's still in the crew. That's the same SP. That's the the disc you see in the LA Mike album. That's it's all made on that same SP. So LA Mike is all made with that that same SP. Yeah, amazing. Which yep. is the new record that just came out. Which is the new uh, in, <clears throat> excuse me instrumental album that came out. Uh, which is like basically beats from me coming from two thousand all the way to about two thousand seven eight. You know. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So it's the uh, like this. That lineage of time that we're talking about right now, right? Basically, definitely, yeah. definitely. Some remain in his crib, my man Jason's right. nice crib. Some, and, and most of it was made at my grandmother's house on Stearns Drive. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So then, what after post Jazz Mac is that where the SP shifted over to the two thousand? Yeah. yeah. When I got to the two thousand, and then <clears throat> that was uh, that was a whole new world for me because on the SP, all I had was ten seconds. Right and now, I got three minutes. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. and a clear sound without the eight bit, you know, ring into the sample. So right. it's like I was like I'm, I'm I'm being able to sample things that I've never wanted to sample before because it wouldn't sound good on the SP. Sure, you know that's where excuse me, <coughs> that's where Pete Rock and Large Professor those dudes had an S nine fifty to go with theirs and they didn't have that ring, you know. Yeah, they can stretch and they the were sound. Midi, yeah, and they were midiing it up, and you know that's how you get that incredible sound that those dudes had all I had was the SP so it kind of sounded like early Mad Lib you know right it's crunchy yeah, real crunchy yeah real <laughs> crunchy man real crunchy but I did my thing with it I, I, I got a formula down where I knew how to slow what down to what oh, on nice. the turntable and where to slow it down on the SP to really not get that ring yeah, there's a science to it for oh, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you kind of have to be self-taught. Like, you learn along the way, Oh, right? yeah, you got, yeah, man. You there's no instruction sit, manual. No, 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 no. You got to sit there, smoke bowls, and just fucking wreck your brain and say, oh, wow, did I just do this? And how did I do that? Let me right. do it again, you know? Right, right, right. Word. Yeah, it's an amazing piece of machinery and engineering, the, like, from what kind of, especially hip-hop, 
music has been made out of it, you know, because oh, like, yeah. it's so limiting. Start, uh, start with the great Paul C, man. You yes. Know? Straight up, man. Uh, I mean, and said G as well. I said G, yeah, yeah. That that criminal minded. I think that was the SP twelve. I'm not sure if it was the twelve. Oh, right, 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 right. Either way, EMU was getting it in back then. Everyone oh, yeah. was using it, man, for real. So OST, what, how does that? Um, where does your uh, production presence like fall into that? Because this is like probably one of the, I would say, arguably the most popular people on the stairs album. Would you say? Would you agree? Yes, I mean, it the is. biggest joints are on that. Like, it is. Uh, it is. It is. Well, I mean, you got San Francisco Nights. That's next step. But yes, Acid Raindrops. That kicked the door there. in. Bro. San yeah, Francisco Nights. definitely. But uh, OST is is our most popular album. Um, it's an album where I think that I show improved growth with my rhymes. Right, right. And as a beat maker and, you know, finding my niche in the group as far as where my production goes because, you know, Des always had just one sound, you know, and he nailed it. So it was like, I didn't want it all. I, I never wanted to be like, yo, well, I need my beats on the album. It's like, yo, I'm going to just go with the flow. And if this fits in there, this fits in there. Right. And then OST, I show improved. I came, you know, I had the 2000. I did um, Jappy Jap, which, nice. was, which was the first single off the album, which was great. Right. Um, I really like that beat. What's um, the story with the title? Because I know it's the MC Shan sample, but yeah, who because, is Yeah, because, you know, we found out who Jappy Jap was, and God bless Jappy Jap. But we just, and you know, I got to say, this goes back to the homie props, man. We used to listen to the bridge. It's because we were hip hoppers. And we would just be sitting around listening to the bridge. And a brother who's known for his rap, Jappy Jap. And we would just die laughing like, who is that? <laughs> right, right. So we were like, yo, we're the brothers known for the rap, Jappy Jap. You know? Oh, that's tight. Okay. And that was it. And, <laughs> yeah, I did that beat. Um, not too sure what the B side of that was, man. Um, I think that was uh, Mike Check, one, two, three. Oh yeah, code, code check, yeah, code check. Code check. That was the B side. Boom, of that. boom, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was boom, the B side boom, of that. So that was the first one out from um, OST, which was a banger to me, and I think it, it, it kicked the album off well because once everyone got the album, they were like, "Oh shit," you know. And then I did. Um, we had Sweet for Beaver, Part One. I did Sweet for Beaver Two, which was the which second, is the slower joint, right? Slower joint, yeah, yeah with the um, raised up in Harlem drums. Yeah, that's a that's a highlight of that album. Held up in Harlem, my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I did the Double K show. Yeah, classic DJ cut. I did. Um, there's like three other songs on there. I did. Right. I can't remember the names. We had so many to remember, man. Um, I know, I know, and we're not looking at the records. Enough. Eight is enough. I did the joint with. I'm, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of all that stuff, man. Like, yeah, it's I mean, a great album. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot of great uh, productions. A great contrast between the two of you guys because yeah. you and Thess have. You just have different sensibilities, so you make it you make it work in a pretty like seamless uh, style. Yeah, man. I mean that that album right there it really came together for us. And then after that, there was like there was nothing else we couldn't do. What did, how what was the vibe like when you were in, in the process of, of making that record? Was it you know you're coming off because because question the form and OST feel like you make a big jump, like you kind of matured a little bit as we have the. Uh, Ghetto Bird. <laughs> cue the Ice Cube uh, music it's, video. It's like someone just keeps throwing like obstacles. Like, yo, we're not gonna yeah. let this out. Fuck that, man. It's gonna. We're gonna. This this episode is gonna go down no matter what. Oh, even man. though this guy is clearly circling back. Yeah, you know? he's coming back. Man. I don't know him. 
This happens in New York too. They it's always at nighttime, and then they got the spotlight down on the street and stuff. And yeah, uh, it's all good. It adds a little extra. Yeah, flavor. Nah, man, it's funky, man. It's funky. He's tightening it in now. He's tightening it up. I think you see who he, who, who he was looking for. <laughs> These cats, man, I had these dudes, man. I was sitting in the house one day, P. I'm sitting in there just chilling. I hear right next to my window right here. I see I hear somebody say, hurry up, cuz. I'm like, what the fuck? I said, wait, that's too close. I'm thinking it's next door. I go to the back, look out the back door. It's two fools in my backyard. No. And I'm looking, I, I freeze up, you know? I'm like in my drawers and shit. Right. I'm at home, I'm vulnerable then. They never looked back at the door. They just kept going. So I'm like, these dudes are trying to get away. They hear right. the dogs and they're trying to get away. And then, so they're hopping fences yeah, to the right. And then these dudes, I mean, you would have thought they was about to land on the house, man. Really? They caught them. They got them. Yeah. I mean, this guy's obviously lowering down. It's wild. Yes, yeah, it's, yeah, it's wild. This is every day, man. I mean... Was it? I remember a couple of years ago. What was the thing in LA? And, and you know, again, since I'm not here, I don't, I don't, I'm not on the everyday thing. But what, what was the hundred days thing? That was. Do you remember this? Obviously, right? Is it something? Something happened here, right? Not uh, here, man. Um, I don't know. You don't. If you don't feel no, like no, talking no, about no, it, no, it's all good. It's all good, man. I think about it every day, damn near. Um, uh, yeah, there's this summer, 2015, right? Um, no, it was 15. It was 15. It was 15. Two, the, the, the summer of 2015, um, this kid got killed from a certain gang, and he was a love dude. People loved him. And that gang waged war on basically every other gang in the city, and they said, we about to kill 100 motherfuckers in 100 nights. Right. And every night was crazy. It was really, really, as the kids say, turned up in the around here you know it's still turned up around here but not as bad as that that summer went and yeah it, it just it, it was crazy between like two or three neighborhoods it, it was wild every night it was tit for tat motherfuckers was coming back and forth and that's that gang shit man these kids you know they, they're, they're doing molly and sniffing coke and, and drinking lean they're not thinking you know and they're right. just out there doing dumb shit man I mean but it's been like that since the 70s before I was born Right. And yeah, man, me and my homie, man, and my wife and my homeboy's wife, we got caught in the middle of that shit, man, just sitting out on his porch, playing dominoes, eating food, listening to some oldies. Innocent. Right. Chilling. Two dudes walk up to us 10 feet away, and they let both of their clips go. And by the grace of God, none of us got hit. My boys In your direction. Oh, they were shooting at us. Wow. Trying wow. to kill us. Damn. I mean, I saw the dude. I saw the hood on because, he, of course, you're not trying to look at him up and shoot you. But I didn't know what was going on at first. Right. Know? But um, the homie's daughter got hit in the hand. She was in the house. We were outside, right. and none of us got hit. You know, and there was a lot of factors that added to that. The fact that the door was already open. The fact that I pushed my wife out of the chair so she can hit the floor. I don't care how hurt she got. Right. And we got down. Because you could move inside. And we, we crawled inside. And they were, I mean, it was crazy. But, yeah, that was during that, that, that summer. That Jesus was Christ, man. Yeah. yeah. Something that me and her talk about all the time. Because, well, thank God nothing happened. Oh, man. 
I mean, unfortunately, like I said, the homegirl got hit in her hand. She's good now. She's blessed. She has her life, and this is yes. a young woman. Yes, yes, yes. 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 With, with a kid, man, we we saw the blood, and we thought her her son would sleep next to her. We thought he got hit because the blood was next to him. So we're thinking he got shot, and she's like, "No, my hand." And I thought she was saying my head. I it, it was oh, wow. everything was happening so quick, man. Wow. And those guys uh, what, just took off right after that, or what? Yeah, man. They just opened fire and then just bounced. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, so then, I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see, because I think, like, from OST, then... Stepfather. Yeah, and the group starts to, like, you know, change as the industry changes. The industry starts to change uh, with as uh, with the release of Stepfather. And I see, like, you know, there's a couple different label. There's, like, you know, classic label drama. You know, yeah, this yeah. kind of before Peace Like Seventy existed and right. it became more of like a self-managed type of thing. Yeah, but but I'm I'm a little more interested. I think people would be too more about just like your creative input during that time and 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 the songs that you were producing too. So with Stepfather, which is a pretty hilarious album, that's the Fly By Night album. That's the Fly By Night album, yeah. Because yes. we were watching a lot of Fly By Night. For those that don't know, Fly By Night is one of the greatest movies ever made in cinema history. Um, follows a kid named Rich who wanted to be a rapper and he hooked up with this dude and it was crazy y'all fly by night check quotes, it out a million quotes a million quotes you listen to Stepfather all that crazy stuff you hear in the interludes that's from fly by night and we put it to music and made it funky you know so where were you at in your life like during that period of time so this is like mid 2000s right? yeah like man this was 2005 2006 wow at that time in my life man i was partying hard okay i was partying really 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 hard but i never let that partying affect my output and people under the stairs in my art you know what i'm saying so when you hear me on record i'm solid you know yeah but yeah at that time man you know it was pretty wild for me man but you know, I definitely contributed a lot to that album, you know. And just to let you know how hard I was partying, I got George Clinton on that album. Yes. You know? <laughs> Straight up. You guys hung out during that period of time a little bit? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, he came to my house at 6, 6 p.m. and didn't leave until about 5 a.m. Let nice. you know how hard we was partying. But, yeah, man. And I told him, I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to put this on. He, he was like, people understand. Yeah, all right, cool, cool, cool. And there it goes, you know. Right, we, uh, right. we broke the mix down because the, the song definitely sounded a whole lot different. There was drums and all kind of stuff, but I wanted to make it psychedelic, sound like Maggot Brain, kind of, you know, with just oh. the bass line and guitar and him talking. And, you know, it came out real dope, man. And, uh, yeah, that album was fun. That was that was a fun album because Des had just got married. He had just bought that new house. Uh the studio we had the neve board and we were we were yeah the, the equipment had got upped and yeah we were going in so were you what what were you producing on that do you remember off the top of your head because we don't yeah. have the record in front of yeah, us yeah so. yeah yeah i did uh i did each street on there so um, great song classic I did, I did each street what else did i do oh man like you said there's so many songs i wish i had the 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 songs in front of me i could tell you which ones i did right um I know I did Eat Street, but there's like 30 songs on that album. It's so a long record. Yeah. It really is. And I do not remember what else I did on there, man. Oh, my God. I hate that. So were you bringing, were you bringing, how how would it work traditionally, like, as far as, like, putting an album together between the two of y'all? 
um, knowing that you would kind of remotely produce and then bring something to the session or the studio, you cut the vocals at Fess's studio, right? Right. You know what? Okay, it went down like this. We would, um, before making the album, like right now, we're in the, in the you know, getting ready to start on something new. We have, yeah. we have beat making. We, we, we listen to beats. What you got? What you got? Oh, I like this. Oh, that's dope. All right, let's keep this. Oh, let's keep that. Nah, I'm cool on that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, well, let me go back to the drawing board on this. And that'll take a month. Okay. You know, and then, so that's how every album works, basically. And So you take time to, like, retool things a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, it's basically just like, nah, I don't like that. And we're very honest with each other when it comes to that. You know, we're not trying to, you know, you know, make each other feel good all the time. It's like, nah, I don't like that beat. Right. And he'll tell me the same thing. That's cool. All right. We're not rapping on that then. Right. And we'll get all the stuff that we really like and then we'll start on it and that's what it is and if there's something he's like yeah that's kind of dope but and then I say okay well let me go work on that again right I would think at this point in time like you guys have done so many songs together you've recorded so much material and have traveled uh, constantly for the last you know 20 years basically more or less that you're like to, you guys obviously have like a very particular way of being able to communicate with you. You have to be brutally honest with each other. I think, right? Like, definitely, definitely, man. There's no, um, you know, we're homies, we're brothers, man. I mean, yeah, homies, we're brothers, you know. But when it comes to this music, we got to definitely be honest with each other because it's not just about us. It's about right. the fans and making sure they get what they want, and still being artists. But we know what's, right. we know what's mediocre and what's not. You know what I'm saying? We know what what's banging. You know. Right. Right. And that's what it's all about. Something that, you know, as soon as somebody hears it, we want them to be like, oh, shit, and automatically repeat it. You know? Right. It's like with, I mean, I know I'm jumping ahead with the records, too, but it's like with 12SP when that came out, because there had been a little bit of time between projects at that yeah. point in time, in a way. And that's when I first started working with you all as far as uh, assisting with booking the shows. Yes. Is that that came out of the gate so hard. It's such a well-made album. Uh, in the canon of People Under the Stairs records, sonically is super tight and... That's um, crazy. Word, you know, word, do, word. Would you, in that, like, it seems like there's a lot of stuff going on with it, too. I mean, there's a lot of, you're present as a DJ throughout it, too. There's lots of scratching, lots of samples. Yeah. Um, and it's like, you know, you'd already been in the game for a long time where that record, to me, personifies how you kind of, like, perfected your craft and stuff. Like, knowing, at the, I mean, it's not easy for a duo i can't think of another duo in hip-hop that could get to that's the eighth album i mean essentially getting off stage is like a series of records that leads right. to like your 10th album basically right, right but to get to that point i mean like what uh you know you have to be like almost like you can communicate without even saying anything to each other right yeah i gotta say 12 sp was probably the most chill album as far as the recording process because we made that at my apartment Oh, word? Yeah, we didn't make that at Thess's crib. Oh, interesting. Okay, cool. We made that at my apartment on uh on Guthrie Avenue in the neighborhood, Crescent Heights, baby. Oh, wow. Where okay, Crescent up. Heights, yes. Yes, yes, yes. And that was so chill because it was like we had this ill schedule where it was like every day, 11 a.m., that shows up. And we start writing. I mean, and you know, and that's what we did. We had writing sessions where we would just write. Right. Not even record. we just write do maybe two songs and then once all these songs are written we just start recording yeah you know and um 
it was very chill. It was real chill. It was the at the atmosphere was great, man. It was it was like this, like this interview with the city sounds because you know that's he's real secluded. You can't hear nothing around there. It's so, quiet, right? You know, yeah, it's a studio, you know. Yes, of course, right. Yeah. So, yeah. But we had, you know, I got windows, so we're hearing the cars pass by, you're hearing the helicopters, the horns honking, and it, it was just dope, man. Yeah, yeah. And I did a lot of um. Did a lot of beats on there too, and like I said, man, I don't know the songs. I can't remember exactly which <laughs> no, ones I did. I know, man. I know. It, it's funny, but I might when I just send you a list, man. Yes, when I, I post this, I, I might uh, have a little companion piece with text, okay, well, uh, so that yeah. people can follow along yeah. and use it as a reference. But that that album was definitely real fun making, and we had my man Dollar Bill on there. It's my uncle. You know, he's crazy. We had Bluefoot, the big homie, on there. Oh yeah, it was dope, man. Yes, although Jazz Mac missing from the picture, you got to somehow get back on the mic. Is that is that is there any possibility of, at all at this uh, point in time? Anything's possible. Ah. <laughs> Anything's possible. Because before this conversation is done, too, I want to. You got to try to kick a burst from me too. If you can remember one from back at that point in time. <laughs> you know what that yes, I want to business, man. Because I know a bunch of people know that verse by heart. My older brother knows that verse by heart. Oh, like he's man. kicked it to me before. I'm sorry for you, man. Oh, LA Phantom Menace. Come on, everybody knows that. Verse. Real, real. The real P Army knows. Oh, yes, no, no, you know that, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I'm not trying to blow up your spot or put you on blast or anything like that. But I want to, you know, uh, you know, talking about production and stuff. I want to say one of the most proudest. Uh, how you doing? Um, beats that I made was the LA song "Sensitive Remix." Oh, beautiful! That's track. what I'm most proud of, right there. I yeah, really I love the way that. it starts, where yeah, you kind of slowly that. trigger up the the bass drum, and, and you know the verses too. You know, yes, that was some heartfelt stuff right there, man. And yeah, I'm I'm, I'm very proud of that joint. Yes, yeah. I, I love that song, which is on um, That's or stay tuned or stay tuned, which is some pretty pretty cool joints on that too. Yeah, those, those are a lot the of fruit, um, those uh, boombox or boomboxes on there. Yeah, we made that with an SP12. Did you do that? Yeah, I programmed that. Yeah, we yeah. did it on the SP12. Yeah, which has I'll, that sample, that classic LL sample, which I, right. I I I can't remember the original, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, we were trying to make an LL song, like yeah. from radio. That's what we were trying to right. do. That's why we called it Boombox. And um, yeah, I, yeah. Also, I, nice and smooth, run it down the line, the same sample. Of course, do 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 do. Right, uh, right, whatever that is. I know the record too. I can't. James fucking, Brown is James it? James Brown. Yeah, yeah. It's a right. James Brown record. Yeah. Um, but yeah, LA song the sensitive mix classic. Uh, Cholo dad, who did that? Did you do that or did Thess do that? No, Thess did that okay. one right. There. Another classic too, Jazz oh, Mac. Yeah. I know you agree with me. They're great oh, yeah. LA lyrics, LA specific lyrics. Oh yeah, man. Because I mean, we all, every single one of us, man, we've all had a crush on a, a you know, a chick, you know, a beautiful Latina yes, chick yes, here yes, in yes, LA. Yes, yes, yes. We've all I would think so. That. Yeah, we've all had that, and you know. Sometimes they're brothers, they're gang-banging, and they don't, you know, they don't like mayates or whatever, and it's, hey, you got, you got problems, but, you know, we've all, right, we've right, all went through right. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> two overlooked records, too. I mean, there's a, there might be three, really, but Carried Away and, Run, and Fun DMC. You know, um, those are, you have a lot of input on both of those, too. Yes. Um, which one should we start with? Both are great. I think both are very slept-on records in the... In the in the um, catalog because they're both just jam-packed full of joints. Yeah. Those are two records I go back to and listen to uh, through and through a lot. And you don't perform a ton of songs off of either one, if I'm not mistaken. No, they, um, 
Although Trippin' at the Disco, I think, is from Carried Away, right? That's from Carried Away, yeah. Yeah, yeah. which that was the single from Carried Away. Fun DMC, now that album was exactly what it is. It was fun, you know, from the intro, rest in peace to my man Rick, Big Rick. Okay. Who's the first voice you hear on that record, man? Oh, dope. And throughout the whole album, him and Bluefoot, because we, you know, on 52nd Street, we was hanging out, we partied, barbecuing, man, had the drums set up, and we set mics up and we recorded. So all the partying that you hear on there, we were actually partying. You dope, know what I'm saying? Dope. This wasn't like some old in the studio. We were in the backyard, chilling, hanging out. And um, we weaved all those songs together in and out of those. Another barbecue. Oh yeah, you know, classic. Um, a lot, uh, yeah, a lot of good songs. The Wiz was on there. Yeah, amazing. Which, uh, we did a, a nice video for yeah, in Australia. In, yeah. in Australia, yeah, man, one of the dopest experiences. Um, yeah, it looked fun. Looked very fun. Had a lot of fun. Had a lot of fun, man. <laughs> you guys have big fun though, man. That's, oh, that's one yeah. thing I can say about people. <laughs> yeah, we love awesome. to have big fun. I mean, why not, man? Why not? Yeah. You know, and. Uh, but Fun DMC, I, I really, I really loved making that album. Is it Letter to the Old Schools on that? Yes. I think that's, well, the first Letter to the Old Schools on Stepfather, but yeah, there's one on Fun DMC also. Which and is when uh, you get the call from like... Melly Mel. Right. Yeah. He puts you on blast. Right, yeah, yeah. He doesn't like me. And then um, I think I did my last installment of that on Carried Away. But Carried Away, I really don't remember making that album because I was just getting into a different place in life i had just moved into a new apartment okay wasn't really able to make beats i was making beats like on a crate you know with a turntable on the carpet you know like oh wow so trying just trying to get work done because all my you know i was getting getting settled but yet you still you know were able to were able know, to do, do it. it yeah yeah you know because you know i have my man thess we you know go over there and you know Get in the lab, so well, that's some real like brotherhood the, type stuff, you yeah, know, through yeah. thick and thin. Like you guys kind of you pull it together. I mean, now the studio here presently is is dope. It looks great. Oh, it yeah. looks comfortable, and it's like you got the the collection is slim and trim and like proper. Yeah, and I'm I'm still not done. I got a few yeah. things to get up out of there, and a few more things to put back in there, and then I'm ready. I got my lab, and he's got the lab over there, which he's he's tidied his lab his lab down all the way. Like, really? Yeah, he's got. There's so much room in that studio now, man. So, oh, wow. Cool. And we're ready to work. And uh, like I said, man, it's always evolving. Like the, uh, our equipment, our mind, and, and, and how we think and going to a new album. It's like right. it's always different, you know. Well, you guys grew up together. Too, yeah, basically. You know? Yeah, we raised yeah. each other, man. Yeah. You know? I yeah. knew him before his kids knew him. <laughs> <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, so what about with like the getting off stage because that's like a weird there's like a, a, it's not weird but it's um you know it i think there's like this kind of connotation that it's like the last uh right. stuff that you're doing which obviously is like kind of hard to pill to swallow yeah which may or may not be the fact see um, that's the thing we didn't put the comma there you know because it's, right. it's not the getting off stage just the getting off stage that's <laughs> where we're getting off yeah, you know what I'm saying it's yes, to get yes. off. It's like you know, to get off. Yeah, when you're with your lady and then you get off. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's, it's the part that we like, and everyone's taking it, and I, I like it. I like to sit back and laugh at it. No, we ain't getting off stage, man. I'll never get off stage. Yeah, you yeah. know. But yeah, this is uh, it's fun to make, man. To have like you know a series. And each one is different, you know, and I'm really excited for this one coming up. Man. Oh, I can't wait because yeah. now there's been like a little bit of time too. So mm-hmm. you guys. 
you know, with life uh, experience comes and stuff too. Oh, and uh, I so mean, so much more to write about. Yeah, know, man. Seeing what this world is going through with this dumbass president, and just you know, right. there's so Absolutely. much to talk about. You know, more than just smoking a blunt, having a forty. You know, there's a lot right. to talk about. Yeah, know? yeah. But in a funky way. Yeah, of course. Which, I, which again, I think like sums up the group too. I mean, in in, in one in one particular this is my John way. Cena record. <laughs> It better be, dude. Did he um, put out a record? The music might come on <laughs> Yeah, it's class. This is a classic conversation too, just because the environment is just popping off left and right. Like, yeah. Which is, yeah, because we got the beeping now too. I'm just gonna let it keep rolling. I want to see if this, especially if this dude comes to you with a record, but nah, I sure nah. It's all good. But yeah, this. Yeah, I want to keep it rolling. I'm, I'm just trying to. I think you know we we, we talked a lot about people on the stairs. I, I mean, over the course of this this uh, career too, and I guess you know with L.A. Mike, uh, what do you think? Um, since that just came out, basically, right? Yeah, that's... but it's a it's a co- it's a collection of stuff from over the years. Yeah, yeah, and I'm gonna. Um, I have a part two ready for that, which is. Um, it's uh this one that just came out was instrumental. Right. This one, the next one coming out, it's me rapping. No way, really. And all produced by me, all scratches by me. It's a, a whole album. I have about twenty songs in there. No way. I would love to wow. play you a few before I would, you leave. Man. Yeah, I love your solo shit. Too. Word, word. Yeah. And um, I want to put that out because people want to hear that stuff, and I have it. It's just you know I'm really, really, really hard on myself when it comes to my solo stuff. Really. I want it to be just as good when people go buy a PTS album. You know right. what I'm saying? I don't want to let no one down. So I record a lot of stuff and I keep it to myself, which okay. is like now I'm listening to them like, yo, this shit is kind of hard. And I want people to yeah, hear Yeah, and it's 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 okay for it to sound different. It has a different angle. If you, if you yeah, by yourself, it's yeah. informed slightly differently. I yeah, mean, yeah, it's like, hey, PMD and Eric Sermon both had uh, pretty unique solo careers. No doubt. And, you know, I fuck with both of their... Um, that's solo crazy, efforts, yeah. you know, yeah, uh, and they're pretty different, yeah. Um, you know, but what's what's kind of interesting with people on the stairs is that neither you or Thess have ever done like a solo album that's vocal album. Yeah, you've, you've dropped. I mean, you're both very prolific beat makers and producers, um, but never really did an album where it's just one right. or the other. Right. You know? Well, I, I, I mean, I'm always recording. You oh know, really? When when I have the chance to record, I'm all, I always have ideas. Like I can just be sitting in there with my lady having a drink, and I just I, I hear something in my head, be like, "Give me the pad," and just start writing. So I'm an MC, or I love the idea of MC, and I think I do it well. You know what right, I mean? Right. And um, so back in the day, I, I was just always recording, man. I was always recording because I had my microphone, I had the Pro Tools, whatever. So I got a right. lot of songs, man, and a lot of records. And a lot of ideas, and when me and Thess wasn't recording, shit, I was recording, and no one has ever heard the stuff. But they're going to real yeah. soon. Yeah, real soon. Who are your like MCs? Like, who are your go-to's as far as rap goes? Because I know it's like, I mean, you have a lot of different musical uh, um, interests and stuff. But I, but uh, as a, <laughs> this is hilarious. Not only was this blue foot. Oh, nice. Made it quick, man. Oh, it's got off the phone. Yeah, so, so, you know, I guess uh, now that we're sort of on the verge of uh, 
a new people under the stairs thing yeah. it kind of in a way i don't know if it brings it full circle because this isn't the end uh, by any means although there were some weird uh rumors of that too and stuff like that but which i don't know where the fuck those came from right you know because i woke up one day and i got online and i saw some shit about oh i'm so sorry to hear this and and i'm just like man i went i, I went out of control because it's like yo who's saying what but I just left it alone because I know what it is. Yeah, absolutely. And I we think ain't that going nowhere, man. Right. We ain't going nowhere. We made that vow a long time ago. You know, my right. man, he, he he took a year off. You know, he's surfing. You know, he had started a business. He was doing his thing, and I had to respect that. And I was getting myself together. And, you know, a little time off was cool. You know what I'm saying? No, it's healthy for a group like that because oh, you've already man, done. We, we did 18 years. So we, we took that 19 year right. off, you know, and yeah. now we're here. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yes. Yeah. Your office, all right, man. You know. And, and honestly, if you look back at the at the artists that started right when you guys was coming out, um, very few have have kept up up to this point. There's uh, a handful of them. You man, know? I, I, dude, I can't even really name any of them, man. Right. You know, I can't because a lot of them I looked up to and still look up to. You know, I follow them online. I say what's up to them, and they, you know, they talk back. You know, and they say what's right. up, man. Yo, we see y'all doing your thing, but. You know, people on the stairs is forever, man. Me and Chris said this to each other a long time ago. We said, yo, the P is bigger than Mike and Chris. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? And you know what? I, I I see that for sure when I come to L.A., too, and especially when there's shows in L.A. Because, and it goes back to my very first times meeting you, which was like 98, 99 here in L.A. And uh, that, yes, I think certain consumers identify people on the stairs as this duo of Mike and Chris, you know. Uh, but if you have... If you hang out like off the clock, you know, yeah, yeah, then it's like, then you see the extended fam of it, which is like a much bigger, broader thing. It's like because right. you take two guys, which are the centerpieces that have, that are coming from two different places in their in in L.A. in their right. lives. They sort of very randomly met each other because because other friends of theirs were like, "Yo, this dude is dope, right?" And you're dope, and you should. It's as simple as that on some high school shit. Yeah, yeah, and. And that, like, and it goes to, to Jazz Mac, you know, and uh, who's still hanging out. Hanging and banging. <laughs> <laughs> and then now we got another addition to the combo. Hey, yo, what's funky? How's everybody? So people might recognize your voice from some of the records, but could you, would you be down to introduce yourself just so people kind of can connect the dots a little bit? Yeah, uh, well, my name, uh, which my man Mike, my little brother, my little funky brother gave me way back in 2004. Okay. Bluefoot, that's my name. So yes, yes. He gave that name to me. So really? Okay. I just carried it on and you know, made some changes, made some alters on the on the lettering on the word blue, but other than that, yes. everything else is funky, man. Yeah. So how did how did you guys first meet? You remember? Yeah, I, yes, I remember just like it was like about just twenty minutes ago, man. Uh, <laughs> you know, okay. met this uh had a, a, a somebody was telling me to go get a snare drum, I went to Sam Mass. Make a long story short, man, my boy uh, Chop, Paul, been, Paul, Pete been known as Pete Chop, yeah. met him, man. He's playing some Eddie Hazel. I said, yo, is that Funkadelic? He said, no, it's Eddie Hazel. I said, whoa. He gave it to me. I said, look, I'm going to give you this Funkadelic. This, uh, this, uh, let's take it to the stage. Check this out. Yes. Because he gave me some funk. But then all the while he kept telling me, he said, yo, you got to meet this cat. He's uh -huh. funky, just like you. He knows the phone, uh, P-Phone Cat's been over to his hotel. I said, really? I said, yes, please bring him through. Finally, it happened one day, and I was like, yes. <laughs> I was relieved. 
Yeah. Had somebody else to funk with, man. Plus this cat. He's very musical, very smart. Uh, uh, ever since, uh, uh, just real with it. The same things oh, he yes. did with his music coming up. I did the same thing with mine, man. Oh, dope. Playing so kindred it. spirits, back, right? Going back, reading the credits, man. Listening to a parcel. Oh, snap. What the, what the, how do you play that? Right. So I couldn't find out. So, and like, we got a 14 year gap, gap age between us two. Right, right. But he's just as funky as anybody like my age, man. Right, and right. There are no guys that can't even, you know. So so that's why we're, where we clicked that besides of what he was doing. Yeah, of because, course. Yeah, because when people on the stairs, when I heard them, I said, nah, man, I wasn't hip. Yeah. So uh, I guess I had to do nothing. But guess what, man? The, cat, the cat's larger than life, man. Yeah, definitely. Every, every continent on, on the earth, and, and just like you said earlier, Still doing it. My man Jazz Mac, been over there. he's a testament, man. I seen footage of him over there overseas. Mike down or down in the break room. Him waking Mike up to say, hey, Peanut <laughs> downstairs. Peanut George is downstairs. Yeah. Gary down yeah. there. Yeah. So, right. yeah, so what yes. a blessed time, man. And when I sit back and hear these stories, I'll be like, wow, I wish I could have been there with yeah. them. So, yeah, yeah. But if I can't, his brother's doing it, boom. That's the business right here, man. Yeah. Because, you know. Yeah, and that's it, what's up. And, and then it was also a pleasure to meet you, my man. Oh yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Baby. Yeah, for sure. Because because it's all like a one like extended family, which goes yeah. as yes. far as the yes, cats that are at the shows yes, too. Is, which and, I think, and, and I mean, Peter, I, you know, yes. I, I I just want to let the people out there listening know, mm -hmm. man, you've been there from man the beginning of our career, man. You wow. know, before anyone was giving a fuck about who we were, man. You were right there, brother, and I really oh, appreciate that. Yeah, that's but yeah, just wanted yes. to say that, man. Yes. Yeah, it's family. Yeah, and you're still there. And you're still there. Yeah, because I'm yeah. still here. Door, man. I, I think I was, I, no, and I, I don't think I was happier <laughs> to see you than anybody else I saw wow. that night. Well, I have not seen so you in over a decade. Long, dude. No. I mean, I was just like, God damn, I knew you were kind of going through some shit. You yeah, yeah, we've been through some stuff. Came out the other way. It was like really good to see you, you know. So yeah, thank so. you. Because yeah, when we first met, we were you know basically teenagers or like maybe twenty or something. Yeah, just drinking beers and smoking beaties and and all that. Beaties. <laughs> a lot of beaties. I think I probably smoked my first beatie with you guys. So wow. And uh, yeah, I mean it's been a while. I, I might, I would maybe smoke a beatie if uh, before my days are through. You know what? Uh, I think I need to, man. Uh, yeah, really, I might need to go, go get that pink pack. That pink pack of yeah. Bangalore, Ganesh, <laughs> whatever they was called. Right. Yeah, yes. man. Oh, I used to smoke to those bring those back, baby. Or, yeah, that or, was a people on the stairs thing for sure. sure. You know? Yeah, definitely. And the L.A. thing. And yeah. yeah, I think it just all of us merged, man. We all smoked yes. beaties, man. Yeah, everyone yeah. had a beady. Word. Yeah. Which is like, I mean, it just goes back to like I think where, uh, just what a special place I guess in the history of L.A. hip hop, but where where you fit into and like the kind of extended uh family you know i've already kind of mentioned this but i think it's important to for it to be known because for your fans that are in totally different parts of the states a lot of people never been to la before and it's and it's informed it, it this all of this and and all the other spots here in the city that you kind of touched obviously like inform the music greatly oh, yeah definitely as well man. as the funk but i mean like oh yeah man you know. i mean just growing up here man i mean the gang culture you know what i'm saying growing up in the 80s man like 87 8, 86 87 listening to the beastie boys run dmc was then still walking home from school and seeing niggas with jerry curls and, and rolling by and, and you know what they used to call buckets and you didn't know if it was going to be a drive-by or not you didn't know who was coming through all that added to my rhymes and my attitude and how I approach things, you know, 
I'm not no tough guy at all. Never, right. never wanted to be, never been. You know what I'm saying? I'm a peaceful dude, but I'm hard on the microphone because I've seen a lot of things, man. Right. You know what I'm saying? I've seen a lot of things, man. Some crazy shit witnessed. A lot of people died, man. Lost friends. And I still want to be fresh through all that. But still, right. I want to let you know that I'm here for a reason, man. And that's what L.A. did for me. You know what I'm saying? L.A. definitely showed me that, yo, you could have went this way but you went the right way, you know what I'm saying? And I was trying to go that other way, mm-hmm. but thank God, my brother DJ Sweat took me and said, nah, man, here, let me take you around some cats, you know, dudes who was down with Mixed Master Spade, let me sh- let me let let them show you, you know, show them how you cut, and dudes are like, oh, wow, I mean, dudes with jerry curls, you know, yeah. big gold chains and shit, and they're like, yo, how old are you? I'm like 13, they're like, oh, damn, you know? Wow. At that age, at that yeah. age, man, and I'm doing, I'm doing big parties, man. You know, DJing. I mean, it, it, it was great, man. I saw a lot of stuff, and that shaped who I am as an MC. First of all, right. You know, the music side, man. That's just that's my mom and dad right there, man. And other cats like my man Bluefoot, you know, who's right. get me to countless songs, man, that right. I've never heard. Likewise. You know what I mean? Yeah, for real. Yeah. So, do you have uh, what's your like musical background? Well, as a performer, as a collector, music head, like grew up with the music in my house, right. man. I had plenty of uncles, aunties, my mother here in Los Angeles, uh, yes. in Brooklyn. Oh, really? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah that's so where I live. Yeah, 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 is that right? Yeah, East yeah. New York, uh, Belmont, uh, Belmont, Montauk Avenue, man. Yeah, right there, uh, you know, right between Southern and Pickin. But anyway, yeah, man, no. So, so what? Is this the A train? That's right. That's my train. Shepherd right. Avenue stop was my okay, stop. Gotcha, right yeah. That's right. That was all me right there, man. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, so you know, just 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 growing up, this you know, radio WWRL sixteen hundred, you no, know, uh-huh. ever since I was two or three years old, you know, looking at the records play, you know, wondering how the sound is coming out, stuff like same same thing. This cat did the same stuff. So right. I was our stories are like identical, and when it comes to the music, man, that's why we know so much about the musicianship, right? Because cats be like, oh, how you know? How you because while I'm watching the records playing, I'm playing the air drums. And I'm looking at the credits, seeing who, and matching up pictures. Well, this got to be him. So that's him right there. Right. Right. And this is what this is what I did all my life. Yes, and putting the pieces together and forming your own uh, style. Yeah, right? and 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 being motivated, man, right. you know, to be a musician. You know. Yes. And I uh, thank the Lord. I I I, I, I play on the people on the stairs stuff. Man. Yes, and, and you're yeah, immortalized in those put records. Up, yeah, put me up there. And, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, man. But all that old funk, man, is uh, that's what really got me. And just. Just to meet this cat right here, Mike. Yeah. You know, and then we sit back. That's what we do. We sit back. We just talk. Yeah. Who playing on this? No. That's what's that playing. That's right. That's him playing that. Right. That's dope. He that's me all to, we do, man. He me up to cuts that I ain't never heard before. I'm like, right. that I still got. And I was just telling um, Scrappy the other day. Yeah, Mike put this on uh, CD the same night when Dalen was going to Seattle that night back in 2004. Wow. He made mm-hmm. him one, and he made me one. He said, hey, look, I don't normally do this for everybody, but I'm going to do this for you. I said, thank uh-huh, you. Dope. I said, thank you. I need this, man, because he, yeah. he got a lot of heat. You know, he got tons of wax. Yes. So, no, so a lot of stuff he got that I wasn't, uh, that I wasn't into at all, man. I need more. Super fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, but that's the business. Dope, dope, yeah, dope. You know. So, Mike, that's maybe, I guess, before we close and wrap yeah. this up. Yeah, man. Um, what, you know, since you've been a kind of, you're, you know, usually kind of a quiet guy in inter- interviews, perhaps. I don't know, maybe. Yeah. Perhaps, you know, uh, what would you want to, how would you want people to you know the heads and and i guess the casual listeners of this show too to sort of 
um, know you by I mean you know I, I don't I don't it doesn't have to be some kind of dramatic thing because I'm, I'm just le- I'm leaning into something where I'm gonna I need to close with Jazz Mac freestyling his verse from e-business <laughs> you know what <laughs> come on Jazz Mac I know uh, <laughs> or we can end on Mike we, we, whatever you guys should will end on Mike yeah, yeah. oh man what I want people to know homeboy my homeboy yeah something to leave them with you man know. check this out yo Hey, I'm a product of Los Angeles and New York City. And you don't stop. That's what I want to say. I'm a b-boy. I'm a hip-hopper. I'm a musician. I'm a music lover. I'm a family man. I love my group. I love what I do. And um, I'm a positive man. I don't want no drama in my life. Hey. Y'all ain't seen the, the yo, you ain't seen the last of me yet. Word uh, up. That's what's up. Thanks so much, my man. Appreciate it. Big thank Mike. Thank you, man. Yes, yes. Word and thank you guys, right. too, for being down. And Jazz Mac, you're off the hook this right, time. Man. Part two, nah, though. Man, he's not off the hook. Can, can nah, you do it? Come on. Man. Can, I can, I can spark it up. I, I can start the verse off for you. All right. All right. Yes, yes, yes. Shouts to Double K, Jazz Mac, Bluefoot. And don't make me start kicking that Jazz Mac verse. I will do that. The LA hip hop Phantom Menace. Uh, but I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not, it's too early in the morning for me to do that. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. As always, please subscribe to the Houseless Podcast wherever you listen to them SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, at all. Um, and let it be known and spread the word where you can. Let's do it word of mouth style. I have a, donation thing on the soundcloud page so drop a donation and help us produce this show it could be a dollar it could be ten thousand dollars whatever you can spare will go a long way in helping with the show so make sure you see people under the stairs at these forthcoming shows may 4th in petaluma may 5th in berkeley california and may 6th in santa cruz buy that merch at the merch table because they have a lot of stuff that's only available right when it's made and then it sells out and then they never make it again so do it while you can support this this is a group that it's a good thing to support shouts to double k he's the dude incredible dj got to go and meet his dog too archie who's amazing i love archie and uh peeped out his studio we finally got to uh set up his home studio which i know he'd been wanting to do for a long long time so it was great fantastic to see everything back in its elements and so mike is able to create and knock them beats out um yes the dude is a treasure and a true la vet and a great storyteller and um i love the guy and shouts to y'all love y'all this episode is produced and engineered and edited rather and uh by cj stewart my name is peter goss and i'm the host and producer of the show subscribe peace i love y'all Shouts to people under the stairs, and I'm out. You check it out, check it out. Yeah, this the beer sipping KK right here. And I'm dedicating this song right here. To all the people in hip-hop that influence the nigga to be himself. And stay self. Stay real. And the real meaning of the word. This goes out to Fat Five Freddy. You know? Because he showed me what flavor was all about. And I believe I got flavor. You know what I'm saying? Goes out to easy Cause he's where I get the, 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 the don't give a fuck type of attitude I got. You know? 
so uh, y'all take a sip, roll up your shit, and I'm gonna bust it off like this for the fake ones. Yo, you probably mad cause you nervous when you come around Wondering about my frown, wonder if I'm down Nigga, I stay down, so tell that trick bitch to do the same Big mouth gossiping, she need to stay in her lane Oh yeah, that nigga big mind tweak every day of the week And music be my opportunity to get up and speak Sometimes I wanna hit the street To see what people be about, but people be fake So I just stay in the house and be alone A drink of soda, left on the solo tip Niggas I be rolling with, be on some more other shit So I just smoke my trees, forget the situations Only got a little time, but yo, I'm back with being patient, y'all, sometimes I feel I can't take it no more, need to get me some glasses, I'm looking at this front door, wanna walk out and never look back, how's that, for something that you say you digging when you find the only kitten, what the fuck is this, I'm getting pissed on, you thought I didn't know, been playing games for years, which makes me a double O, showing my peers the way you betrayed, been getting over on niggas since days of parmade, and that big brown brush, you fool, stay on the hush, trying to hate on the real player, but that don't give me much, and when I roll through Prepare to see something that's fantastic. Uh -huh. Yo, niggas be talking that shit. Yo, niggas be hating on this. Niggas be talking that shit. Niggas be looking like shit. Trying to smoke on my shit. You trying to talk about this. Trying to look all hard. Hey, verse two. Get hotter than a fubu gift. Y'all niggas can go and have it. It's too dramatic. What happened to Levi's? I'm gonna stay the live guy. T-shirt, LA bread, top of smooth guy. And I'm